I knew the running trainers pulled off the line out for the Now it's just no more rain the rest of the day, at least for tonight. So again, welcome everyone, and I want to uh, thank you all for being here today. Those of you who are sitting here, those of you watching on the webcam, for today we celebrate the 102nd anniversary of the second apparition of Our Lady of Heaven. And a very special day, obviously, um, as all of our celebrations are. After the centennial, I think people wonder what is the next thing for Fatima. Well, here we are. You know, we are now at the point of living death. And I think we will we'll see as we go along the uh, the relevance, like the life of Sister Lucia. Couple things I want to mention before we get started is um, again for those of you who were here earlier, I just want to point out a few things that we have going here at the Blue Shrine. Uh, many, many new things are happening. We're in the midst of a capital improvement campaign. And of course, uh, just to give you an idea of the things that we are um, embarking on, uh, we will be building a pavilion across the way. Uh, the exact date for starting that hasn't been set, but it'll make days like this a little bit better when we have a roof of the people to be out there. And we're hoping that that will be a reality within the next year. Um, as you see, we have a new restroom facility back there, very, really well, you know, uh, we needed this because we need to take the pressure off the downstairs bathrooms. I know on a day like today, when there's not quite as many people as there are on some of the bigger days, um, it's not as much of an issue, but at times, the, the downstairs is very, very backed up, so I would recommend maybe use the facilities up here. Every bit is nice, we'll be here to get to. Um, and we're doing a lot of new things here, new landscaping, new work, and all of these things, of course, are part of this big uh, capital campaign that we've embarked on, because we see the future as being big here. One announcement I wanted to make is we purchased the property at the top of the hill, which was the, which was the property in the home of our founder, and the, um, the home up there we're remodeling, and we're going to be turning that into a uh, additional retreat space, because we have, of course, the Holy House, Joseph House for future retreats, and now of course we'll have the visitation house at the top of the hill. We're excited about that because we really need more retreat space. The number of retreats coming here to the shrine are increasing regularly, so we did we do feel we do need more. And also up there we're going to be building a studio because now we're, we're involved in a lot of broadcast work, both audio and video, and again other feedback. A lot of uh, uh, a lot of uh, broadcast work that we're doing, and of course we'll have our Star Wars studio to do it in there. So if you look at that, we do have some flyers on these these things that are happening here. We have uh, our little building for the future flyer. If you're interested in helping us, you can see a little more of what's going on. The more formal one is being prepared, and we'll be going out soon. Um, I want to mention uh, there's a lady in the back by the name of Anne Marie, and Anne Marie is signing up people for. Something we're doing here, this will be the third year now, that we're, that we're going to be having a weekend of Eucharistic reparation. And it'll wrap around next month's events around the 13th of July. And the weekend of, there's, there's a uh, brochure there for the weekend of Eucharistic reparation. And Anne Marie is taking names of people who are signing up to be adorers through the nights, from starting from the 11th until the 14th. So we'll start this on Thursday. Friday, Saturday, and end on Sunday at the new mass. And the Fatima message, okay, the foundation of the Fatima message is what? Eucharistic 
preparation. And we as a postulate need to be doing this even more strongly, okay? So we're starting to hear at the Shrine, this is now the third year we've had this. It's growing every year, and we, uh, we appreciate everyone's participation. So if you are anywhere in the area and you would like to sign up for some time of adoration, uh, again, she's under the tent, and Marie's her name, she's more than happy to uh, give you information on it. A couple other things that are going on. Of course, the first Saturday devotions are big here. On Saturday, July 6th, we will have uh, Reverend Demetrius Thomas, who will be coming from Morristown, who will be our Sullivan, our speaker for the day. There's also flyers back there on that. Our, our first Saturday, in, uh, excuse me, our first Saturday um, program, 10.30 a.m. Confessions, the Rosary with Meditation at 11.30, followed by 12.15 Mass, it's all here at the Upper Shrine. And then, of course, the scores of Catalina's Confessions, Divine Mercy Chapel. Uh, again, grab a brochure back and please join us on the first Saturday of every month. Uh, another thing, Ave Maria Pilgrimage Tours is our core company. And, of course, we are the, we are the owners of um, those Pachas, Fatima Hotel and Retreat Center. And we are doing a trip in November with Father Roy Caveric of the Monster Fathers. And it will be from November 3rd to the 14th. Anybody who is interested, there is flyers, there's space available on it, and it'll be a great trip. And part of it, we're going to be walking a portion of the Camino. So I think anybody who wants to get their legs in, uh, in shape, you know, you want to join us, we'll be part of that. Some won't walk, they'll meet us there, but it will be a very nice time. We're going to be visiting, uh, of course, Fatima, Lisbon, Saint-Denis. We'll be visiting uh, Guadalupe in Spain. And we'll be walking in that part of the community of Bonavedra and up to Santiago himself. So anyway, again, a lot of space available, and we'd love to have you with us on that or any other trip. And if you look at our website, there is a listing of our tours. We'll be leaving uh, on July 22nd for the Holy Land. Uh, that'll be enough. That trip is just, just filled up now. I actually just ticketed, but if somebody is interested, let us know. We can do our best to try to get some extra space and rewind, but we'll see how that is. So anyway, we welcome all. Um, Father Roman Murphy will be our celebrant today. Uh, we will uh, he will, he will be downstairs here in the confession right now. But you know, we just a few things saying we do uh, appreciate all of your participation here at the shrine and the people who come here regularly, all of you are really part of our family. Uh, you know the many things that we have going here, our perpetual mass association, our yearly mass association. And our Soul Magazine, which we published here now since 1950, and so many things that uh, I think identify us as the world positive background are who are. So thank you again. So I mentioned before today, of course, is the 102nd anniversary of the second appearance of Our Lady of Fatima. And in those six months when Our Lady appeared, remember the year before when the angel prepared the children with the prayers of adoration and the prayers of, of, of preparation so that they would be ready to receive the messages from our lady one year later. They really didn't know, but they did know that they would be prepared for something big. And in this apparition when our lady really laid out the mission, a little layout, gave a little broader idea of what the mission would be. It would be in July when it would truly be given the, the statements of it, and of course, the vision of hell and all was shown to them. But in June, she was reassuring them. And she said, our Lord wishes to use you to establish a world devotion to my immaculate heart. She said that to Sister Lucia after they had asked her, will we go to heaven? And she said, yes, Jacinta Francisco will go soon, but you, Lucia, must stay a while longer 
to make me known and loved. And this was the first time our lady showed her sacred heart, or excuse me, the natural heart. And in the, you know, in the front and palm of the right hand, there was a heart surrounded by thorns. And she, and they understood it was the immaculate heart of Mary affronted by the sins of men. And then she asked for reparation. And that's when she taught them the decade prayer that we say in, in the road between the decades. Oh my Jesus, forgive us our sins. Save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those most in need of thy mercy. And they laid out the foundation of all of this, the mercy of God in his hand is there. As you say, our Lord has designed mercy on you. Mercy is the backbone of what Fatima is all about. And when the Fatima apparitions would end, we went right into the, the apparitions of what? Divine mercy. Because this is really what God is giving us. You know, you do not want the justice of God, believe me, we don't. Because what we deserve as people is beyond comprehension. You know, a lot of times you say, well, I hope God will just come down and stop this and smash this and take these people out of here when we see what's happening sometimes. But I don't, we really understand what we're asking for. The mercy of God is for all. We need to pray our, as a consulate, our function, our, our mission, okay, is to bring people to salvation. Are you willing to offer your life in prayer and revelation? And that's what she asked the children of Fatima, and that's what she asked us through them. Are you willing? And what did they say? They said, yes. Okay. That word, yes, is so pleasing to God. All right? You know, 12 years after this date, of uh, 12 years after, on June 13th of, of 1929, it's kind of referred to the last manifestation of Fatima. And Sister Lucia received the apparition to Spain, and right there, that's what's represented right there. We today are celebrating the 90th anniversary of that apparition in, uh, in Tui, Spain, which was really the very last apparition publicly that Sister Lucia spoke about. And Our Lady had come on June 13th of 1917 and asked her, or had said to them, I will come back and ask for the consecration of Russia. And it's on this day in 1929, June 13th, 90 years ago today, that she asked for the consecration of Russia. What did Our Lady say at Fatima? If my requests are not heeded, okay, Russia would spread her errors. Well, here we were, 12 years later, the errors were spreading, the winds of war once again blowing in Europe, and the Bolshevik Revolution had happened, many other revolutions around the world that got less play than what happened in Russia had happened. And here we were in a world that was now, now starting to really understand, or maybe not understand, but apparent to those whose eyes were open that what she said in 1917, if my requests are not heeded, all of these terrible things could happen. Well, you know, and it was a simple, a simple thing at that point that these children understood, and that's why they said to her, yes, we are willing to offer our lives in prayer and reparation. And people looked at two young children, the Simpson Francisco, who lived two or three years after, after the 1917 apparition of Our Lady, and they dismissed them as just being, they're children, what do they really understand? But it has been revealed over the years what they accomplished by their, their willingness 
giving their life, giving their simplicity, and giving, what is it, their yes. You know, Our Lady is as the Immaculate Conception, okay? You know, she was spared the stain of original sin, the third person in history to be spared that. But the first one to follow through and persevere in it, Adam and Eve had, had been conceived or had been created without the state of original sin. But Mary lived her life in a state of grace. Think about that. That's the difference. That's what we have. That's our model. This is why she's our advocate. Why, you know, and, and to say that she went through her life with special grace can sometimes be interpreted as, so it was easy for her to do things. Well, she was given special grace to do it, but she had to cooperate with it. And there's nothing easy in her life if you look at everything that she dealt with. I mean, even the, um, you know, the beauty of the Annunciation was with the fear of, of my God, look what I'm taking on. The visitation, the beauty of the visitation, she goes to her cousin, is preceded by a difficult journey. You know, the birth of our Lord, that beautiful event, is preceded by the inability to find a place of dignity to stay in, you know. The presentation in the temple, when you think of these, these five joyful mysteries, the joyful heart, certainly the presentation in the temple when Simeon took the child and, and said, you know, behold his savior, and what did he say to our lady? And a sword will pierce you. She knew this was going to happen. And of course, finally Jesus in the temple, what is that preceded by? Three days of agony looking for him. So I think it's a lesson for all of us to understand, even our joys in this world, our earthly joys, okay? and we do have, they do have limitations. And that's where we, we, we have to always know that we're always carrying a cross. Our Lord said, carry your cross after me, and that's how we'll be saved, and that's how we will save the world. And our apostolate was founded as something to bring the message of Fatima to the world and help what? Save souls, you know. Praying for the salvation of souls. You're here today praying Prayers of reparation, okay, for yourselves, most certainly, for your loved ones, okay? And then now the tough part, for the people you don't really like all that much, who really hurt you, persecute you, and make your life difficult. Do you pray for them? Do you care enough for them, you know? That's the sign of a person who had Mary's heart. Someone who, who uh, really think, you know, how, how easy was it for her to pray for the ones persecuting and killing her son? How, how, how easy was that for her? You know, we have, we look at, 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 we look at saints sometimes, and we look at them in the light of special nature, and say, well, for them it's different because they lived in a different realm. But that's not the case, okay, you know. The saints are saints because they live lives of justice and lives of virtue, despite where they're at. They lived in the world, but they weren't of the world, that's been told us many times. And I think that's where we, where we have to be. And I think sometimes we, we, we try to say, well, gee, you know, I, I should have been born 100 years ago. I'm not made for this world today. Make no mistake about it. Everybody living here today is here because that's part of God's plan, okay? We are here today because today is a great time to be alive. It's a great time to be alive because God gained you be here and you influence people and you be part of a bigger thing, okay? And you learn that by, by more and more embracing the message of Fatima and the teachings of the church. Okay, we have been given, um, you know, we've been given something very special. All of us who are, who are Catholic who have been given our Catholic faith, we've been given a gift 
that is very special, probably the, the most important gift we've ever received, even though we don't always look at it that way. But, but it's a gift that has responsibility to go with us. And our responsibility is to make people like we see them, you know, learn and, and live what she did for all those years after the apparition. Do you think it was easy for her to stick around knowing that her two, knowing what heaven was about, knowing what the mission was, and knowing where where you know her final end would be, more so than we really understand it, but to stay all these years. Our lady said you will stay here a while and make me known and love them. And that while was 87, 88 years. Okay. Think about eternity, but that's just a while. And that's what we're here for. And I think that's why I look the system and see it today to be our model for the years going forward. After the Fatima apparitions, we were blessed. We had the beautiful canonization on the 100th anniversary of Jacinta Francisco. These children who for two years and three years lived offering their lives in every possible way they could. It's a beautiful thing, okay? But now think of Sister Lucia who had to say that. And what did she say to our lady when she told her that you would be you would be longer. She says, Will I be alone? And she promised her, No, you'll never be alone. I will be here for you. I will be your refuge. I think that's something we have to realize. You know, we tend to um, we tend to feel that we are, are, are sometimes abandoned, sometimes that we don't we don't have and that we're we're fighting an uphill battle. Well this sort of an uphill battle, there's no doubt about it. But you don't know how you you influence people, especially when you take on this type of a, of a mission to be a member of apostles such as this. Okay, you know, prayer and reparation. Every prayer and, and act of reparation you make for the sins of others as well as for yourself is part of, of the treasury that goes back to God. It's what keeps the hand of God back. If you remember in the last the last um, part of the secret of Adam finally revealed, and the angel, the angel with the flaming sword was about to bring the conflagration down on the earth, and the hand of our lady went out and just grabbed the hand before it can bring the justice of God onto us. That's 102 years ago. <laughs> and, you know, she's been holding it back since then and for a long time, and I, I tend to believe that the, the offenses against our lady and our Lord are so much more today than they were even then. But keep in mind, perhaps there's been that much more reparation on the part of good people like yourselves who have understood and taken up the call. And that call is what? It's yes. Say it. Yes. Yes. Because that's the it's yes. I am willing. Do I know what you're going to ask me to do? Do I know how to accomplish it? No way. Okay? We don't. But yes, you're going to show me, Lord, you're going to put me in a position to influence people properly. You're going to put me in a position where I can make prayer and reparation for sin and, and add to that treasury, okay, that's out there. Something we know nothing about. We'll find out if God will really make it to heaven. We'll find out about a lot of this. And anybody who helped to get there, anybody who helped avoid sin, you know, you know, oh my Jesus, forgive us our sins and save us from the fire of hell and lead all souls to heaven especially those most in need of thy mercy. Wow. Especially those in need of thy mercy. Most in need. For all in need of mercy. And I think when you, when you, under, if you pray that prayer, when you understand that prayer, you understand that this is who we are. We are, we are here at this point to live lives of what? Charity. What is charity? 
Just, you know, today there's a lot of we talk about the theological virtues of faith, hope, and love. Well, charity. I mean, love is this beautiful thing, but I think they've taken away the reality of what charity is. Because love, in the definition of today's society, is more, you know, passionate love or more pleasant love. You love a person, you love your family, you love your spouse, you love your boyfriend or girlfriend. That's all fine. But that's not the same love. That's attractive, it's beautiful, it's part of nature, and you know, we don't deny it. But charity is, is a love of people. It's a love of the eternal parts of people. It's loving people that really are not lovable. Now, I'm going to ask somebody a question. Who here knows somebody who's not lovable? <laughs> <laughs> no, of course, you know. Maybe we're not lovable. Now, maybe sometimes we can be that obnoxious person that we talk about all the time. Maybe we offend people not even realizing it because we let, them, we let the pressures of our lives sometimes reflect in the way we act. Okay. And, and, you know, and that's, that's human nature, but, but it's just that are we willing to turn to God and say, yes, yes, Lord, I'm willing, yes, really, I'm willing to do as you direct me so I can save my soul. My first obligation on earth is to save myself, as it is for everyone here. And then you want to save, do your best to save others. You love your children, you love your parents, you love your spouse, okay? You may not like the neighbor too much, but, you know, it's still your, it's still your neighbor. And, you know, but do you love them now? Think of the most evil person in the world, okay, that you can think of. Okay, somebody's done something to you or somebody in history. And then contemplate what hell is all about. Think about how difficult hell is. When you, think, you know, in, in, in the July apparition, the children were shown the vision of hell. And it was so profound, it was so deep for them as it would be for us. And anyone who's right on it's a subject we all have, because it is a reality, okay, you know. But you wouldn't wish that anybody. You can take the most evil, hateful person in the world who's done the most evil things, and you want to pray for mercy for them, because you don't want to see anybody suffer that thing. That's not what it's about. That's a separation from God from all eternity, and that's a violation of our very nature. That's, we are here to bring people to, to living in accord with the gospel so that they can be, be happy in heaven, okay? And anybody that you help overcome sin and turn back to God and find salvation and say, yes, is somebody who's going to be eternally grateful to you. And that's really what the family message is all about. You know, it goes, I mean, it's, and look through history. Look at the people who have really accepted the word God. You look at the Our Lady, of course, you know, the angel Gabriel, you have found favor with the Lord, Mary. What does she say? Be it done unto me according to thy word. She said, yes. You know. Say business on the cross. I would love this. You know, a thief being executed for his sin. And he turns to Christ on the cross to Jesus and says, remember me when you come into your kingdom, right? What does he say? Yes. Today will be with me in paradise. I would say that's got to be the simplest of all canonization processes. Anybody who witnessed that, you know, but if, and our Lord himself said he'll be with me in paradise, that's about as good as it gets, you know. I mean, because he turned and said, yes, you know, yes, I'm willing to give my life and my sin and give it to your mercy. Have mercy on me. I'm sorry for what I did, okay? Anybody who's that, you know, despair is the sin against the Holy Ghost, which is not you know, what they talk about, the unforgivable sin, because anybody who does not believe that they can be forgiven for anything they've done will not be forgiven. Let's be honest, okay? You know, 
anything. We are, we are, we are fallen people. We're a fallen nature. We know that, okay? And all we, but our job is to get better and better and better. And we look at a world today that is, is really a mess. But is it a mess because of the one thing, my opinion has always been, that was mentioned at Fatima, and that's indifference. Think about indifference. You look at all the things that went from being taboo in society to being kind of ignored, to being somewhat accepted, and now institutionalized, okay? Think about that. Why did these things happen? Because of the indifference of good people, you know? It only takes good people to do nothing to allow people to flourish. Well, think about that. We're all guilty of it. How many of us have had uncomfortable Thanksgiving dinners or whatever or Right, you know, and there's always somebody there in the family that you don't want to say something to and offend them because of the lifestyle or whatever. We're all there, and you know what? I mean, are we doing those people any kind of favor by not coming forward and admonishing sinful behavior in life? That's what we are. We have to stand up. We have to stand up and proud, you know. And will we be disliked for it? Certainly, we will be in many quarters. But should be loved by God. Believe it. And, you know, no one who who offends somebody. Mother Angelica put it best. She said, "Do you think that if you, out of courtesy, avoid admonishing a sinner, is going to appreciate that if they lose their soul over it? Actually, if they do turn from their ways because of some uncomfortable thing you may have said, they're going to be eternally grateful to you." And that's what the Fatima, man, that's what Fatima was all about. You know, the children of Fatima were, were they, they, they lived by their example. They, it was the example of their lives, okay? They weren't theologians. They weren't, you know, of course, Sister Lucia learned much throughout her life, and she did learn to read right. She was very prolific. But the two children of San Francisco, all they did is live lives of holiness and simplicity. And what was it? I talk about Eucharistic reparation here, okay? Francisco, you can always find Francisco in the church praying in front of the tabernacle because he always wanted to be, as he put it, in front of the hidden Jesus. Okay, that's the hidden of everything. After, after receiving the precious blood from the angel in 1916, and then the apparition of our lady in 1917, and understanding what the mission was, that's all he wanted. He wanted to be in the presence of our Lord. You know? Do people really understand the gift that we have right here in the tabernacle? It is the most amazing thing. You know, praise the luminous mysteries of the rosary today. And I think of that fifth mystery. I'm so happy that the luminous mysteries came to be the mysteries of the mission and the life of our Lord, the institution of the Eucharist. It's everything. I will be with you until the end of time. There we are every day. I think of, I think of, you know, I try to be a daily communicant. My wife and I are pretty good about it. I admit there are days we don't get there. And I think about, the work I do, and I, I mean, could I actually do it without the strength that comes from being receiving our Lord every day in communion? At least weekly, obviously, we, you know, we have you know, obliged to go to Mass on Sundays, but I just, I, I just feel like the day is empty if we don't get there because, because this, is, this is for people like us who are taking a higher step and looking to, to do more. We have to. We have to go that extra step. Pray for the rosary. You know, pray that five seconds of the rosary. You know our pledge. Does everybody here sign the pledge? The Blue Army Pledge. How many have signed it? Let me see some hands. Come on. More people have signed it. Right? <laughs> but that pledge, 
Let me talk about what that pledge is. When our founder, our co-founder, John, John Happer, sat with Sister Lucia in 1947 when this apostle was founded, and he put together a pledge, the pledge to pray the rosary daily, to live according to your state of life, chastity according to your state of life, and to work towards the fulfillment of the first Saturday devotion. He said to Sister Lucia one thing, he asked her, he had a number of questions, it's time that there was limited. And he asked her, what is it that Our Lady wants the most? Okay, what is it in your opinion or from the apparition? What is it that Our Lady wants the most? He said, the rosary, right? And she looked at him and she said, no, no, no. She wants holiness. She wants us to become holy. And how do we become holy? Well, by the fact that praying the rosary, wearing a scapula, living according to your life. This is how we become holy. But most of all, by availing ourselves of the sacraments, the sacrament of penance, and of course, receiving Holy Communion. We become like God. We become of Him. We receive Him. He's in us. Unless you eat my body and drink my blood, you have no life in you, our Lord said. Many people walk away when He said that. And that's the difference between us and those who accept and don't accept the most basic kind of our, our, our religion. And when you think about the Fatima message, the Fatima message says what? Live according to the rules of the church, live according to the gospel. That's really what it's about. You know, we, you know, you know the Ten Commandments. I mean, I, I'm not going to stand here and talk about the Ten Commandments. I'm not even going to stand here and talk about the, the individual parts of the apparition of Fatima. You know those. Those of you who, who practice, who are part of this apostle, who come here, you understand what the message of Fatima is primarily. What it is, it's in here. And if it's if it's only here, if it's only in the actions that we do, and it's not in our hearts and our intentions, it's not there at all. We have to do what? We have to say yes. Say yes to our lady, say yes to our Lord, and we will live, and we will we will change the world. I mean we truly uh, you know, I mean I always think of that that I had a mission that that warning that was given by our lady that Nations should be annihilated. Okay, well, I think there's a lot of different ways nations are being annihilated today, but primarily we looked at what? The possibility of like a nuclear war. We looked at the possibility of nations being annihilated through warfare and all these things, and these would still happen. But you know, I wonder, was it the many, many prayers of the 20 million people worldwide who signed that pledge and asked and, and showed a willingness to? live according to what our lady would ask in this organization and in others that may have avoided when these things from happening. We have as, a, as an organization, we have as people of our lady changed the world. And we can continue and we will change the world. If we work hard enough, we will bring about that triumph of the Immaculate Heart, that Immaculate Heart that was first presented on June 13th, 1917. If we bring about the triumph of the Immaculate Heart, you will see a world very much worth living. Think about the martyrs. Think about what's happened in the 20th century. Think about the, the reality that more people were martyred for the faith in the last 102 years or 100 and whatever, 110 years, I guess, than in the previous 1900 years of Christianity combined. And the statement that the martyrs, the blood of the martyrs, is the seed of the faith. You think about that, I think we are on a threshold of explosion of grace that you're going to see 
turn around. I remember seeing it happen to some workers when it comes to the pro-life issues and all of that. People want people want to catalog them. They realize they're starting to realize that that the ways of the world just don't do it. So anyway, thank you so much for listening to me. Father Murphy will be here for mass in a few minutes. And one thing, please say what? Yes. <laughs>